All right, welcome back, um, audience, to another episode of The Tray here. Um, this is episode six. Um, we got a good, good one in store. Um, how's everyone been doing out there, Burke, Justin? Good. I, uh, good. Nick's, got the, Nick's got the win, got Cam Reddish in a good spot. Gave up the, the first round pick for him. Yeah, we, uh, we have two. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we, we, we might want to talk about that we one. We do talk um, about that. I'll explain it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little under the weather, weather tonight, but, um, you know, I can't miss a tray pod. So uh, we're going to toughen it out and uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. All right. So topic number one here. Um, let me pull out the topic list. Um, it's a uh, Clay's so, return. Right. All right. Clay's return. Justin, go ahead. Yeah, I'll start. So I watched it. I didn't watch the whole game, but I wanted to see like his introduction and everything just because I feel like the amount of championships the guys won has added to his legacy beyond him just being like an amazing player because he scored like 36 points in a quarter, which I don't know. 37, which is unbelievable. So just seeing him back was great. I liked, I always liked the Splash Brothers. Like, I got a Curry jersey, but then once the rant went, I was wow. like, yeah, then I was like, all right, I can't wear that anymore. But um, yeah, basically, though, I knew Clay was going to come back and like it was nice, even his first, like, I knew he was going to come back and shoot a lot. It was nice. His first basket, like, wasn't even a three. He hit a yeah. deep three later. Um, I think, you know, it's going to take some time to get the rust off a little bit. But, um, like, tonight, his over-under and points, I think, on FanDuel is, like, 14 and a half. I would, you know, like, hammer the over on that. Like, this guy is going to be yeah. shooting a lot. Like, I just feel like he's going to be going for 20 a night at least, like, back to, his, back to his ways if he can. Agreed. He's only been playing 20 minutes thus far is the only thing. Okay. Yeah. So, that um, could affect yeah. that, the total. But exactly. per minute, he should score a lot. Yeah, I also thought he looked really good. Like you said, you know, first basket, I think he went in the lane and just slammed it down. And I was like, wow, I don't really even remember Clay being able to do it that easily. So I think he wanted to kind of do that play to show everyone, like, listen, I'm back. Like, this injury is behind me. I'm ready to go. Um, so that was really good to see. You know, a player like that, he's just such an athletic guy. I don't think he's ever going to lose the shot. Um, you know, we've said it before. He's a catch and shoot kind of player. So I think he's fine. I don't really think the injury is going to come back to bite him too much. Um, maybe fitness level, things like that. But there's a long way to the playoffs. So if you're a Warriors fan, you got to be really excited right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that the last time we saw him play, Katie was still on the Warriors. And I feel like we kind of got caught up in this idea that, oh, he's just, you know, a catch and shoot kind of guy, you know, can just shoot threes, nail threes. But just watching him, his dribble pull up mid-range, I, I didn't think he was going to be that good. He's got a nice step back. I, I really think, like, he, he may even be better than he was be beforehand, honestly. Like, I think he's just been working on his skills in the gym. Um, I haven't watched his defense too much, but I, I can't imagine it's it's not it's bad or or it's worse. The NBA, come on. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> you don't need to play defense if you're a, a good offensive player. Well, I don't know about no, that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, look, look at the Lakers right now, but but that's that's for another segment. But um, but yeah, so I'm I've just been very impressed so far. Um, like Ollie said, like he had that massive poster against the Cavs. Um, you know, he's just nailing shots. He looks like he's already back into mid-range form. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, like he played pretty well against the Grizzlies the other night. So I'm just excited to keep, see, see him keep being implemented into this lineup and, you know, see what he can do throughout the season. Yeah, it should be fun. I think the Warriors, would everyone agree, they're the, they're the favorites right now? Yeah, and that will that will help him too. He's coming back to a good system, like a team that's playing well. He's going to get plenty of open shots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Too, so, yeah. All right, so we'll move on here. Next topic: um, Does LeBron have a legitimate chance to win the Most Valuable Player this season, Burke? So, so this would be his fifth MVP. So this would tie him with Jordan, which would definitely help his his legacy or help him with the goat argument and debate. I think right now, I mean, look at his stats. He's averaging twenty nine points a game. So he's second in scoring. Uh, I'm looking at all the other guys that are MVP candidates right now. He's got pretty much similar stats as far as, far as field goal percentage, rebounds, assists. So I think he obviously has the stats of an MVP type player, but it's just the record. It's going to come down to that. And, you know, right now they're sitting at 21 and 21, which is pretty, pretty terrible for what I thought they were going to do. I I mean, I think they're going to have to get at least the four seed, maybe five, probably not even five is going to get them the MVP. But I will say also the best thing that's working for him is kind of, I'd say the narrative is on his side. And I really will say this is a narrative award because if he's averaging these points, he's doing as well as he is at age 37, I, I feel like that could honestly push him over the edge over guys like Giannis who, you know, people just get tired of voting for him every single year. Uh, I feel like people don't want KD to win just because fuck KD no. still. Steph has kind of fallen off a little bit. I mean, DeMar DeRozan yep. has played well, but is he actually going to be a candidate? So I, don't, I, I do give him a legit shot. But, you know, they got us get that record up. And maybe once AD comes back, that can help them. But as of right now, just because of the record, I don't I don't see him being an MVP candidate. But it could change. So, yeah, I think you brought up a lot of good points there. Um, you know, I think really the two, in my opinion right now, is going to be KD versus LeBron. Like you said, Steph fell off a bit. I don't think they want to give one to Giannis, you know, again it would be what three in the last four years, maybe, you know, maybe three in the last five, I'm not sure, but um, I don't think Jokic is, is better than, than Katie or LeBron in terms of the MVP MVP conversation. Um, so again, I think it's between them two. And like you said, it's a narrative award, you know, it's who the NBA wants. And listen, Kevin Durant is like scar from the lion King. All right. And LeBron is like Mufasa. Like he's the good father. He's the Disney world. He is the, the Disney star of the NBA. And Katie's <sighs> just some schmuck who's just like trying to ruin it and trying to be the villain. So I don't know how the NBA thinks of KD. Um, I know last year 
Katie really went off the walls against Michael Rappaport, saying some obs- extreme obscenities on Twitter. Um, I don't even know if I said that word right, but um, I don't. I don't know. I think you got to give it to LeBron, like you said. Give him his fifth, and fuck Katie. All right. Um, <laughs> I agree with fuck KD, dude. Um, definitely. So we have a problem I, with Mufasa. I I like, dude. LeBron obviously Mufasa. has a chance. Yeah. So my thing is, is right now LeBron like is not in the lead. I wouldn't say because the Nets are better with Durant, and Durant has more points and similar stats overall than like Jokic. I know that I don't think he's going to finish out the season being ahead of these get like ahead of LeBron and KD, but at the moment he's like being said that he's maybe leading the conversation or like top three. And statistically that does check out. But my thing is, is the narrative conversation. I agree. Like the NBA loves LeBron James, but also like there's also seems to me to be kind of like a narrative against the Lakers. And I don't know if that's just because I'm biased but I'm picking up that people are happy to see them struggling. Like everywhere I look, yeah. people, the Kings are roasting Westbrook. Everyone was roasting the trade. Like at least I was. A lot of people were skeptical. Like people are saying AD sucks. Like Charles Barkley's like, get your shit together. So I don't yeah. really necessarily think, I think the narrative's riding way more with the Warriors. But unfortunately, Steph's been like not playing well, honestly. He's been shooting kind yeah. of like, really not well. But um, yeah, yeah. I think LeBron could win it, but the Lakers have to do like pretty well. Like I feel like three or four seed. Agreed. I mean, I think the Lakers, yeah, they do need to pick it up. They need to be, I think you're right, top four, top five. Um, I think maybe something that's working on LeBron's advantage is the fact that he will have to carry the Lakers to that fourth and fifth seed. So his numbers might even be even better yeah. um, come, come the springtime. We'll see. Um, but you know it's an interesting race we know he'll get better when he needs to because that's just what he does the only thing with that is when ad might come comes back his stats might suffer a little so that might hurt his chances of you know getting being i mean like i think right now i i think if if he doesn't win mvp i think him getting the scoring title in year 37 would be insane because I don't think anyone has even come close to that age and, and competed for the scoring title. So I think that'd yeah. be working in his advantage, but it, once AD comes back, that might hurt his stats. But I just think also um, another thing working for him is just having Russell Westbrook, like he's getting so much hate right now and people are seeing him as the sole reason, or at least like one of the biggest reasons why the Lakers are suffering. So I think that also does work in LeBron's advantage for sure. Yeah. For yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's move on here. Um, so, you know, the NBA is unique in this way in that a lot of it is about, um, you know, personalities instead of, you know, just team to teams. Like, for example, you got, you know, in hockey, one of the big ones is Pittsburgh versus Philly. Um, you know, football is a really big one in terms of cities versus each other. Yankees, um, Red Sox. Yankees, Red Sox, exactly. So, you know, the NBA is a little different in that it's mostly player-to-player rivalries. Um, so, Justin, you want to start this one off? Yeah. So, I'm like – I see pros and cons of it, honestly. So, in terms of when it comes to actually watching the sport, um, 
I love seeing really, really great players go head to head. It's awesome. It's like seeing like, who's the, who's the better guy who's got ice in their veins, like watching LeBron go up against KD. Also they're mega stars compared to any other sport. So like, I think it's really good for the NBA. It's like, that's why the NBA is growing so much. Um, the downside of it for me, which I've always like complained about is that, and this is just the nature of the sport. So it is what it is, but because like, one or two players can dominate the court so much it does lead to a situation where it's like kind of where the Knicks find themselves all right you've drafted some like mediocre young talent but in reality if you don't have a star like you really in my opinion like you're not going to pull off a championship being a six seed or lower but that's not true of football you look at the 49ers who knows? They yeah. could come in and win win the Super Bowl. I have no idea. It's true. And yeah. then, Look at the Atlanta so, Braves this past season. Yeah, exactly. So playoffs for baseball. So yeah, it's 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 that, and also like because of that, it's kind of like big threes will decide to go to the Nets, and the Nets didn't really do shit, in my opinion, to deserve that. But I mean, I guess they collected a bunch of cap space. Um, so yeah, I like the I like the gameplay aspect i don't know if that's the right word but like actually watching the game versus like how it affects team building and kind of like how things work out in the off seasons yeah i mean i would say i think it's there's always lebron fans and there's always certain fans of certain players um you know you'll get like fans of the lakers um similar to fans of like the cowboys but typically it's people kind of having a star player that they like and they follow. Um, I mean, for me, I I don't dislike it either way. I do like the NFL in terms of like Philly, Dallas, Philly, Philly, New York. Like you just hate those other teams. Um, Whereas in the NBA, it's more like, I don't really hate that team. I just don't really like that player. Um, I, you know, similar to what you were saying, Justin, when you're actually watching the game, I think it's actually more fun because you see their personalities, um, you know, come up in the light a lot more than people wearing helmets or one guy out of 15 players. Um, and you can kind of really zone in on their little things they do and the way they react to things and if they trash talk and their attitude, if they get mad. So I think that's probably my favorite part is just being able to really get to know a player individually. Um, and I think it just makes it all the more entertaining for me. Yeah. So I I feel like in the NBA, kind of the team rivalries, they're not really historic. I mean, other than the Lakers Celtics, which, you know, goes back to for generations, I I feel like that's a huge rivalry, but I mean, today it's because, I mean, it's, it's not that big right now. It's not like they're the two most dominant teams. Um, and I feel like when it are, is team rivalries, like a couple of years ago when it was the Cavs and the Warriors making to the finals every year, it was the players that made the team rivalries. So I, I do like how it is different um, in the sense that, you know, you got LeBron versus KD, you got LeBron versus Kawhi, like you got guys, you know, in the same position competing for the top spot, competing for that championship every year. Um, you know, you got guys trying to chase Steph Curry, like Damian Lillard, or I mean, not anymore, but used to be Russell Westbrook. Um, so I, I like how it's kind of position based rivalries as well. 
yeah so i i really do like that because when you do watch the games like you guys said it makes it very competitive i like to see guys go at each other i like when it's the last two minutes and it's like okay i'm taking this guy i'm d'ing him up and the other dude on the other end of the court is like i'm gonna score on this dude he's not stopping me like i think yeah. that's a super cool aspect but you do kind of miss those historical rivalries you know like like in nfl like Ollie was saying, like Eagles, Giants, Eagles, Cowboys, Jets, Patriots, you know, th- those kind of matchups where it's it's more focused on the franchise. And 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 I just feel yeah. like it's it's different and I can appreciate that. I just wish that there was a way where it could be more about the team somehow, but I'm I'm really not too opposed to it just because it is really good basketball it is really good rivalries and at the end of the day it it sells so and I appreciate that kind of basketball yeah I want to add to that too though the thing about like a championship rivalry for instance the Warriors and Cavs it's gonna dissipate because now the Cavs aren't good anymore they're not playing the Warriors they don't care anymore so, but I agree. I mean, I think we all agree. Might as well just keep it the way it is. It's a great, it's a great sport on the rise, but like the, the way to make it more important would be to have divisions, which is like what we've talked about. And that's what makes rivalries, I think, so big. Divisionless basketball, you're competing with everyone the same. So but well, that's there are divisions, bad. but they don't matter. So well, yeah. we, we were kind of talking about is maybe if the top two teams from each division made it and then two wild cards and then scrapped the plane. Yeah, I mean, I mean that would be that would be pretty awesome to me. But I don't know if yeah. they're going to make it something up right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the, the team rivalries is just more sustainable for a fan base. Um, but, you know – also, you know, maybe a player kind of really gets you into the NBA, like an Allen Iverson or LeBron James. So, yeah, either way, it's it's interesting. I kind of like it's how it's different. Um, but all right, we'll move on here. Topic number four. Um, this is a, a saucy topic here. Um, we got Markeith Morris, um, you know, just Twitter battling against Nikola Jokic. Um, the saga continues. Um, anyone want to take this one? Um, yeah, I'll start. Um, so I think we, we didn't end up getting to talk about this one earlier. And then I think it broke that Marcus, is it market? It's Markeith. Markeith. I think it's Markeith. Yeah. Yeah. My, my bad. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's not a common name to you. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, um, anyways, Markeith basically said that he's just coming back from injury, I believe from like whiplash or something. Yeah. 30 days later and saying, yeah, so you know, this me, guy really hurt me. <laughs> so he, the Morrises are the biggest like crybabies ever to the refs when they play. And also like, they're always like committing small fouls and kind of like pestering guys. So I feel like they think they're like experts at um, defense and like what you can and can't do. So I really like Jokic. I have no idea like what his personality is, but he's really good. It's yeah. just like funny. Um, and he just like, yeah, obviously like bodied him to the floor and basically got like support from all of, I was kind of surprised like Shaq yeah. and Charles Barkley and them. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, Shaq, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. It's just you yeah. expect commentators to take, like, the most, like, PC side, I guess, or, like, denounce yeah. anything like that. But I don't know. I'm Team Jokic. Like, the, he's way better. I mean, he can do what the fuck he wants to that guy if he's going to, like, smack him in the in the groin, right. in the groin basically, like, a bunch of times. So. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Again, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really think – that one is you know one is right over the other i think they're both wrong um not to be like a principal here um but all right so this is what um markeith morris tweeted he said it's a real injury imagine having a 300 pound sloppy fat boy run full (laughs) speed and make direct contact with your spine i'll be back soon like i said um i mean listen that's uh, what a tweet first of all so I applaud Morris for that. I honestly give him much more respect after tweeting that. Um, my thing was the Morris brothers were kind of acting like bitches. Um, you know, like you pick a fight, what do you expect? You don't want to get hurt as bad. So I was against the Morris brothers, um, but I think they're kind of badass, especially after saying that tweet. Um, my problem with the Jokic thing is that it was a violent act, like that's the old, that's the main word I would describe it after watching. It was violent. Like he decked him. He was trying to injure him. It wasn't like, Oh, you did that to me. Like what the hell, bro? Like let's square up. And like, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it was wrong for him to do that. And he didn't deserve to do that. It was just a very violent act. I don't um, think he was like trying to injure him, but it was definitely very like, it was outside of a basketball play. Yeah. Um, and then Another thing on top of that is Jokic's brothers are literally mobsters from Serbia. Yeah, I mean, awesome. have you seen their tattoos on their their necks, their arms? <laughs> if I've ever seen like a Serbian mobster, those two are it. So that scares me a little. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think if you took that out for me, that his brothers are literally goons, I wouldn't have as big of an issue with it. But again, it was just a very violent act to me. And like, honestly a little scary um but the Morris brothers are big boys they'll be fine really quick before you go Beric I just looked up Nikola Jokic's brothers and the top thing is Nikola Jokic's brother allegedly arrested for choking a woman oh (laughs) the least that's the least surprising news I've heard all that yeah so you're on to something with with these guys Burke um so I feel like Jokic is would you say he's kind of been deemed a, a dirty player now you know after that probably I didn't know you, if he was before that he got ejected that? in the playoffs too so he, last he year. got ejected from I think that he was threw dirty. a punch dur- during the Sun series I forget who at but I feel like prior to that you know there was no incident where it was like oh yeah, yeah like that dude's a dirty player it's not like he's a Draymond Green um yeah you know Dennis Rodman like purposely trying to instigate sort of stuff um I just feel like with this situation Markeith Morris he did kind of check him in the ribs before and I think because he's a bigger guy he's a center people you know are like you know like it's it's like you can go at the big boys and I feel like you know that's that's always been kind of a thing but I feel like in his defense, Jokic is like, you know what? I'm an MVP. 
I'm not getting the same respect yeah. these players or the refs like LeBron is, like KD is, like Steph is, like, like Harden, like all these guys who have earned that title. And I feel like he, you know, he took a check to the ribs that was, that was pretty rough at the end of the game where they were getting blown out, the Heat were. And he just came back and retaliated. Now, was it obviously too much? Yeah, like he, yeah. he checked the dude. Like the dude got yeah. fucking. He got he got decked. There's he got rocked. He got rocked. He got a shit rocked. He got a shit duffed. Like like what dude, do you want? Watch say? the reactions. Watch the reactions of the fans, and that will tell you what kind of act it was. Everyone was like, "Yeah, holy shit!" Like, did he actually just do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I think everyone was surprised. And like, he, listen, like he is a he's a big dude. Like he's got some force behind him. So I don't think his response was obviously warranted, but I think he was just trying to make a point that like, Hey, listen, like, don't fuck with me. Like, give me some yeah. respect. And you know, like you're going to keep talking shit. Like I'm not going to back down. Cause I'm not some pussy white boy. Like I, like I'm from <laughs> Sydney, bro. Like they dropped. Bombs Serbia, dog. Yeah. So I, I just, I think like he's just trying to defend himself and trying to show people that he deserves more respect than he's been given. That's a good point. I like that. All right. So we'll move on here. Um, hopefully, you know, we get some more Jokic incidents. Um, they're always fun to talk about here. Um, but the fifth topic of the night is underrated players in the NBA. Um, most underrated player. Justin, you want to start this one? Yeah. Uh, I'll go with DeJounte Murray on the Spurs. And actually, I wish I had thought of that when we were talking about first-time All-Stars. It's a good pick. Uh, like, I don't, I don't think he's definitely going to make the game or anything, but basically he's averaging 19 points a game, nine assists, and eight and a half rebounds, and he's leading the wow. league in steals. Damn. So that's, like, really damn good. Like, that's almost a triple-double – and leading the league in steals. And I just watched him against the Knicks and he was really balling out. Like he's a beast. Yeah. I think I saw that, him, uh, yeah. I saw him live in Philly and I was like, he, he was by far the best player on that team. Yeah. So I mean, they're not good, but like what he's no, you know, he's not, we're talking underrated players. So the guy is like really under the radar no one really pays i feel like the spurs are just really under the radar as a team right now um not a lot of it cutting out here and he's having an awesome season yeah agreed um I, I really do like that pick um he's the lankiest man i've ever seen on the court um yeah. great basketball body um, can drive to the lane. He's got some swagger to him. He could shoot the ball. There's nothing he can't do. Um, he really has been under the radar. Um, the Spurs probably have like seven international guys, like classic pop, um, who are all kind of schmucks. Um, but, you know, for me, again, I don't know if this is the most underrated player in the NBA, um, but, you know, a guy I think is, is underrated is John Collins on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, before last year, you know, watching the Hawks, I was like, oh, fuck, I fucking hate John Collins. Like, I don't know why this guy is like always like has his mouth open, like chirping, yelling at other players, but 
he makes a really big difference on the court. Um, he's got great energy. He's, he's a great teammate. Um, I haven't really seen anything that he can't do. You know, he could shoot the ball. He could slam the ball down. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of John Collins, averaging 17 and 8. Um, I think he's pretty under the radar as well. Yeah, I like both of those picks, honestly. Like, I think those are two guys who are kind of borderline all-star, but not really there. Um, you know, they're both very skilled at, at their positions, um, you know, athletic dudes. I, I, you know, like, I, I really appreciate those picks because I feel like those are guys that obviously go under the radar. Um, but if I had to go with my most underrated, I'm going to say Fred Van Vliet. Um, <laughs> this dude back in the 2019 finals was like a huge contributor to that championship team. Like he was Dean yeah. up Steph. He was getting up in his face. He was nailing threes. Like this dude absolutely balled out. Like, to be honest, like Kawhi was obviously the MVP, but if there was a second MVP, I, I probably would have given it to him. And then the year after they left in the bubble, they made it back to the conference finals, even without Kawhi. So I feel like they've kind of still been in the mix. I mean, they fell off a little last year. They're kind of back in the playoff mix this year, the Raptors, um, you know, and I feel like the player that was supposed to kind of take over for them was Pascal Siakam once Kawhi left. And it's obviously been he fell off. Yeah, he totally fell off. I was an all-star a couple of years ago. I, I just hasn't been the same player, but Fred Van Vliet, I think he's averaging 22 a game this year. Uh, you know, one of the best three point shooters in the league, in my opinion, great. One Eastern, he won Eastern conference player of the week this past week too. Yeah, wow. exactly. You know, like he's, he's been playing to such a high level. I think, you know, no one Un undrafted. Uh, he may have been. I'm not honestly too sure was. about that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, he was a beast in college. I think he played for VCU. Um, I could be wrong. He was undrafted. He was, yeah, that's crazy. He was such a beast in college. I don't know why someone didn't just take a chance on him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really think like none of us said he could be a first time All Star. Um, you know, if we were to go back, maybe I, I would choose him as as a possibility. So I think he's just been great. I, I mean, I would have loved to see the Lakers pick him up this off season, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so that would have been a great pickup. Great he would have thrived. Yeah, yeah, you would have thrived. All right, them with LeBron. So yeah. yeah. No, I like that pick, um, and that translates very well into our next topic. Yeah. Um, team focus of the week here is the Toronto Raptors. Justin? Okay, yeah. So I like the Raptors um, a lot. I had them at sixth, I think, when we did our picks last, last episode. Um, they're very like young and athletic and they're good at defense. So that's one thing I like about them is like every guy on that team, it gives me a vibe that the entire organization and the way they're coached is kind of like Heat-esque or Thibodeau-esque. Like they try really hard on defense. They all have good attitudes. You've got Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr., they had Drogic. He actually left, but did he? Yeah, he left for personal reasons. Um, but they have Scotty Barnes, guy. I think guy I picked for rookie of the year. Um, so these guys are all like unselfish players too. Like 
Van Vliet's getting more assists now. Um, Siakam did fall off, but he's still an above average player. So it's yeah. like, you know, he's a good defender. Um, so I just think like that's a team. I just like the chemistry that they seem to have year in, year out. I like how they're full of young guys they've drafted. Um, I see them um, ceiling is fifth or ceiling is fifth seed. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they're not going to make it out of the first round in my opinion, but they're an interesting young, young team to keep an eye on. And it's kind of like a huge jumble in the East. I mean, seriously, once you get past, like, we'll say the Sixers, I mean, even though they're kind of struggling a bit, we'll say they're kind of like the fourth or fifth seed, them or the Heat. And then you've got Hornets, Raptors, Wizards, Celtics, Knicks, Hawks. Like, those teams are also intriguing because they're all – they all have a lot to like and some to dislike. And I like the Raptors coming up kind of like in the top of that – that crop of teams yeah um i think you know it's 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 really the top three in the east it's the nets bucks um you know and the bulls um i don't think the and and the heat you're right um that's true i don't think the bulls i think the bulls are beatable um in in, in a series you know um i don't yeah i mean i don't know if the raptors will get it done against them I don't think they have enough firepower to really win games decidedly. Um, but that said, I, I do really like their team. You know, you named some of their guys. Um, that's really odd. I, I saw Dragic on there. I was like, why have I not seen this guy this year? So yeah. that's interesting. I'll have to look more into that. Um, but it kind of shows you this team. I mean, look what happened when they won the title. They add Kawhi Leonard and they win it. So that gives you confidence. You know, they're, one really good piece away you know a very good piece um but they got a really good foundation um nick nurse i think he might have been one of my top three coaches named um in one of those pods so um they're good you know i've never been to toronto i hear it's a cool city um it's just a bit of a smaller market you know even though it's it's a big city in canada it just doesn't seem like the type of place a lot of a lot of players would kind of go to and want to go to. So I think that might be something that holds them back. Um, I'd be surprised if they won a title in the next 20 years, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you kind of look at the roster now from when they won the championship, like Kawhi's gone, Lowry's gone, Ibaka's gone, Marcus Saul's gone, you know, all these right. guys that were kind of the staple of, of that championship mm-hmm. team. So I feel like they've just kind of been in a rebuild um, since then. I, I mean, like they've, they were able to keep Fred Van Vliet, which I thought was huge. Cause I feel like he was one of the biggest free agents this summer. Um, you know, Anobi still on that team. Um, you know, Siakam, although he's been a disappointment, they were able to retain him. So I, I feel like that, they're just kind of a middle of the pack team in the East right now. Um, You know, I don't really expect much from them. I think maybe they could possibly upset, you know, like Ali said, the bulls, if they played them, maybe the heat just because they play tough, but um, yeah, I, I I think they're well coached. I think they're young. I think they're up and coming. Like, like Justin said, he he picked Scotty Barnes as his rookie of the year. So I think that was a, a really good, you know, insight on that. So I like them. Um, 
And then I'm just going to say that I, I like how they did pull the trigger a couple of years ago on Kawhi because I feel like a lot of the teams we do pick for the team focus, like Dallas, like Utah, like Miami, they're kind of one superstar player away from potentially contending for the chip. And, you know, they did pull that trigger. They took that chance. They said, hey, we're going to take Kawhi, even if it's for one year and he leaves. And he did leave, but they won the championship. So it it worked out. So I give them credit for it. But, um, you know, with their present roster, I I don't really see them competing, like I said. But I like them. I like their city. I think they have one of the greatest fan bases in not just basketball, sports. So. Yeah, I I'm the we are the north thing is like huge. Yeah, because because they yeah, have a whole like country behind them. They have a whole country behind that team. So yeah, I I, I like true. them. But and and one more thing, there's um, I know there's like this Sikh dude that sits courtside every single. Oh, exactly, season. exactly. Yeah, such a beast. Like I don't think he's missed a he game. Like kissed like, the ball ten plus years. Yeah, such a beast. <laughs> Love that dude, biggest fan for them. Yeah. So. But, you know, like, I like that. Would be cool. Yeah. And they also got their fanboy Drake. So they're, they're, they're good with the fans. Him and, him and Drake are competing for the top fan spot. So it's true. <laughs> October's there. Again. All right. So we're going to move on here um, to the next topic. And this is an interesting one. I haven't read much into it, um, but Kawhi Leonard and the potential for his return. Um, and what that does to the Clippers, Justin. Um, all right. Yeah. Burke, do you know? I haven't either. Yeah, What's the I'll, chance I'll jump of him coming back? Yeah. So the recent report was that, so Kawhi had, I don't know if it was a complete tear or partially torn ACL basically, partially. but yeah. So they were saying that he's progressing a lot faster than they thought he would. And that he, it's a potentially possible he could come back towards the end of the regular season maybe be back in time for the playoffs so they're pretty they're pretty excited about how well he's done with his rehab um as far as their actual chances or well well, first of all how good is he gonna be I mean if he's just been taking this time to rest like I think he could come back and kind of be like clay just come back and be as good as he was before he got hurt um and then how dangerous does that make the Clippers? I mean, the Clippers are one of the top defensive teams in the NBA, even without Kawhi right now, even without Paul George playing because he's been hurt. So I think between that, I think between them, you know, the last two years being a title contender, could they knock off the Warriors and the Suns in the playoffs? Like I could see it, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think they're that good. And I, you guys may not agree with this, but I, I think Kawhi's, a top four player behind LeBron, Giannis, and KD. I think he's better than Steph. I know you guys are going to disagree with that. Um, I just think he's that clutch. I think he's a robot, a machine. I think he's a, you know, an absolute killer. That mid-range a transformer. Transformer from the future. But yeah, so I think he's got that kind of killer mentality. And obviously he's proven he can be the best player on a championship team. So if he comes back, you know, the West and anyone who comes out of the East, like they don't want to see him. They don't want to see the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Justin. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'll just, I'll say this. So like, I don't see any reason why if the Clippers got Kawhi back, why they couldn't win the championship. Like it's pretty open this year, I would say. 
snot like everyone knows exactly who's going to go um there Kawhi, i don't really agree that he's like the fourth best player but i mean he has been at points at points he's been like the third best player so yeah you, you can like yeah you know if you ask mask if you ask max kellerman he's like the best player of all time but yeah. either way like he can obviously win and so if you add him and him to Paul George on a team that's already performing pretty well. Um, and Paul George isn't even like top 10, I wouldn't say anymore, really. It's kind of a recipe like to definitely knock off the Warriors at the Suns. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I don't think I've watched the Clippers this year because it's like, uh, listen, Paul George is not that showtime. I like Paul George a lot. He's a really good player. Um, again, I just really haven't watched the Clippers. So it's hard for me to say, like, okay, you add a top 10 player to this team, how good will they be? Um, so honestly, I'm just going to have to start watching the Clippers and, and see what they're like. You know, I know Ty Lue has became, become a really good coach in the NBA, so props to him. I thought he was the worst in the NBA. So, um, again, good for Ty, um, really stepping up to the plate. Um I don't know. Like, I just, there's something I, I, I don't want to say that they become championship contenders, but like you guys said, there's no reason you really can't say that. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is, is a top 10 player in the NBA. If he's healthy, that guy's a killer. He's, I don't know if he's human. I don't know if he's ever laughed in his life. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what he does in his free time. He probably just like stares at a wall. Um, but again, really good guy. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, are they better than the Grizzlies? Do you guys think that they beat the Grizzlies in a series right now? Um, why? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The war, I mean, the Suns, I think they can beat them. Listen, you had Clay Thompson back to the Warriors. I just think the Warriors are better. So I think Clippers could maybe reach the, well, they can't because they're a low seed. So it's going to be interesting. This is going to be an interesting NBA playoffs. Like you said, Justin, it's, it's really anyone's, anyone's fight this year. Yeah. Uh, I just want to add one more point. I, I think um, I, I will last year, the, the Suns they, they went to game six with the Clippers and that was after Kawhi got hurt. And even though I do think the Suns are better this year than they were last year, are they that much better where without Kawhi, they, they, they would still, you know, beat if, if Kawhi's back, would they still beat them? Are they that much better? I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. Just what was the score of the series? It was four to two. And when did Kawhi get hurt during the series? Kawhi what, didn't even play the whole series. That's the thing. He got hurt versus the Jazz. And they won four to two. Yeah, I mean, it would be a really good series, I think. I think it'd be a good series. Um, but like you said, if Kawhi's only coming back towards the end of the season, they would have to – they'd probably be a lower seed and probably play the Suns or the Warriors in the first round. But I don't know. It could be a major upset. So I, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but all I know is, like, no one wants to face them because they're tough nose and they're, they're gritty. They got some grit. Yeah, cool. Dude, Kawhi is lights out. I mean, there's nothing else to say about that guy. Like, he's lights out, dude. He steps back when he needs to make a three. It's just money. Like, literally, like, technically, just, like, 
a well-built machine that was made to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. He's, he's a baller. All right, we'll move on here. Um, so this is where it might get a little, a little heated. Um, you know, I'll tell you guys up front, I might have changed my opinion on this one, but we'll get right to it. Um, Warriors versus the Bulls, you know, top of their teams, dynasty versus dynasty. Um, you know, I, I think we're thinking of the 96 Bulls versus what, maybe the 2017 Warriors. 17 Warriors. Um, so we'll let John take this one first um, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So the way this started was, I think Steph Curry yesterday or two days ago basically said, oh yeah, we, we would take that team in, in six games. We would take the 96 Bulls. Um, I mean, said I'm, six uh, games. he said they would win in six. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, in the past, I, I think Scotty Pippen was asked the question. He said Bulls in four. Um, I mean, yeah, he's gone crazy as of late, you know, just talking shit about Jordan, but you know, for this conversation, we'll, we'll put, we'll go past that. Um, (laughs) dude, I, I really, I don't think it would be a blowout. I mean, I think that's what people are thinking when they say, Oh, this team would win that team would win. Like I see this going to game seven, but dude, to be honest, like I, I'm going to take the Bulls. Like, if you look at it, like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman are all top 10 defenders of all time. And I think that's really what you need to beat that Warriors team is defense. And they, you go Draymond versus Dennis Rodman. To be honest, I'm taking Dennis Rodman in that matchup. I think no one's really been able to challenge Draymond, but you got this crazy motherfucker <laughs> stands down to no one, tripping people on the on the floor. Like he's not taking Draymond shit. Like he's going at him. No, so true. I think that Draymond looked like a, kind of like a bitch compared to Dennis Rodman. Exactly. Dennis Rodman's actually crazy. That's the thing. Draymond makes his opponents think he's crazy. He's not actually crazy. Dennis Rodman's right. Um yeah. Scotty Pippen, you know, 6'8", 6'9", long defender, can match up. He's not going to stop KD. No one can stop KD. But I think he takes that position. I, I think he can hold him to, you know, maybe 25 in the series. Um, and then, you know, Michael Jordan, I think he's taken Steph. I think he's like, you know, this boy, he's doing the shimmy. He's, you know, he's trying to, you know, f- just gloat all over the court i'm i'm shutting that shit down while i'm dropping 40 on his head each night so i think between that i think ron harper six six point guard he can you know do some defense on clay thompson they got luke longley who's a big center tony kukoc who is a you know one of the first foreign players in the league to be kind of a star on top of having steve kerr who you know as we know is has become one of the greatest shooters of all time. So I, I think they take it. Like I said, I think it's super close, but at the end of the day, like I, I'm taking Jordan in a game seven versus anyone. Cause that's just how dominant he is. And he's not going to lose that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be really close too. Um, if you're saying like, I mean, Jordan, 
six finals, two three-peats. Like, the dude literally doesn't lose. He's unbelievable. So, like, in that aspect, if it came down to a game seven, like, last minute, I would really have faith in him to win it for them. I just uh, – I like – uh, Yeah, excuse you. <laughs> excuse you. But uh, either way, like, when I just stack up the roster, that's the only thing. So – Things don't always work out how they should, but honestly, the fact that the Warriors won more games the year before KD came, look, like I know that means they were better technically, but if I had to put up a team against the Bulls, I'd take the one with Kevin Durant because that's he's Kevin Durant. So then you're taking that team with KD and okay, you can have Jordan guard Curry and then you have Scotty guard Clay or does he guard Durant? Like there's one loose guy on the court there. Not that they didn't have other good defense. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant. Listen, Burke was naming Burke named Kukoc. I I looked up Kukoc's stats. It's like 11 points a game and like three and like two and a half steals. Like, I don't know. Like they're a well-oiled machine, I guess, but. These guys are pale in comparison to Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here's my thing. Previously, I was going to pick the Warriors, basically for what you just said, Justin. Clay Thompson, he is the outlier there, right? Because you're going to match up Rob and Draymond, Jordan, KD. Well, in my opinion, listen, Steph might be better than KD in some people's mind, but, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pair up KD and Jordan. Pippen, Steph, all right, they wouldn't guard each other, but, like, in terms of talent, I think KD is, is more influential than Steph, especially in those finals matchups. Um, and then you got Clay Thompson. So, originally, I was going to go with the Warriors. Um, but that said, I mean, listen, there, there's five guys on the court. There's only one person with the ball in his hand at one time. So, only so many players can do so much. And, yes, the, the Warriors might have – you know, one additional superstar, but I, I think it just kind of evens out because Jordan is going to have the majority of the, of the ball anyway. So, and Jordan's better than all those players. Um, so for that reason, I think the Bulls are going to win it because Jordan is the best player on the court. Also, I agree with what you guys said. If it goes seven, the Bulls are a tougher team. I mean, the Warriors were very talented very good at scoring, but KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond versus Jordan and Rodman, like those guys would eat those players for breakfast. They're that much tougher. So it goes seven and the Bulls tough it out. Um, you know, that's just my opinion. Oh, shit. Yeah, I just want to say <laughs> on top of that, there's an aspect where it's also – yeah, there were guys that were really good at the three, obviously, like Larry Bird and tons of other guys, like at that time of Jordan. But you could argue, like, they wouldn't necessarily be used to a system like the Warriors that's hucking up that many threes. It's not to say that they can't defend it, but yeah, the Bulls are tough and they have that X factor, but the Warriors have the X factor of like playing kind of almost a game that wasn't developed yet in their time period. Well, the thing is, I feel like people think that Warriors team is so dominant because they swept the West in that playoffs. I mean, I they they were losing to the to the Spurs, I remember, 
um, in that in that game one series in the Western Conference Finals until fucking Zaza Pachulia stuck his foot out and busted up Kawhi's ankle, like the like the little bitch that Zaza. He was. Yeah, Zaza. <laughs> Never gonna mention that name on this podcast again. Um, yeah, but that being please. said, um, you know they they beat the Cavs in five games in the in the finals. But the thing is, the Cavs they kind of built their team to outshoot the Warriors. They didn't do it to defend them. And the thing is, the Bulls, the year they won that championship, when they won 72 and 10, they were the number one offense as well as being the number one defense in the league. So they dominated at both ends of the floor. So I feel like between, you know, having Phil Jackson as your coach too and his defensive schemes, on top of having the greatest player of all time right now until LeBron surpassed him in the future, um, you know, like on top of having great defensive players, having a great system and guys that have already won three championships before that together, I just don't see how the Warriors could honestly take them in a seven game series. Yeah. Like I said, I could see them winning three games, but when it comes to that game seven, you're not going to be Jordan because he's just going to be great. He's going to drop 45 on you. And it doesn't yeah. matter what you do as an offense. He's just going to dominate. I will say, like, that Warriors team, though, I always was like when LeBron would lose to them, like you said, LeBron has now surpassed Jordan. He's the best – not the best player of all time, but he, like, was the next greatest thing. And so, like, I'd say LeBron's, like, second best player of all time. Like, I, I think you guys would probably agree with that. Yeah. So – the Warriors like shut him down. And I was almost always like that Warriors team is so fucking good. You almost have to like cut a, cut LeBron some slack because like, look what he's going against. So like, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at more of the rosters about like how stiff the competition was. I know they went against yeah. Magic's Lakers when Magic was, I think, older at that point, like a lot older. And, like, Shaq was young. He went against young Kobe. So, yeah, the competition was there. But there were a few times it's, like, the big threat was the Pistons. I mean, they ain't shit, in my opinion. Uh, Dude, they're good. They are. But, like, I don't think they're as good as LeBron's Cavaliers. I think LeBron's Cavaliers would have destroyed them. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the reason I think LeBron is working for him as the GOAT, is the competition he's had to play. So I'm saying, though, the Warriors, like, I still think the Warriors, like, you know, it's pretty impressive. Like, that Cavs team they beat was not shot deliver. It probably would have won a championship against anyone else. Yeah. But that's not to say who would win. It's more discussing just, like, legacy, like, what team is more impressive and, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good debate. Again, I think it would go seven. That would be a hell of a matchup. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Bulls would tough it out. All right, so we'll move on here. Um, uh, who, who was it, Burke? Could you could you start this one? Yeah, so Chauncey Billups, after they um, they beat the Nets the other night, went out and said I, that Kyrie's the most skilled point guard ever. Um you know, do, do, do we agree with it is the question. So right. I, I think Kyrie, I'm looking at him. I think he has the best handle of all time. I think he's a nasty ball handler. He can cross anyone up. Um, yeah. I think he's the best finisher at the rim for a guard ever. So I think in that respect, you know, you can obviously say that he is the best point guard ever, 
but there's so much more that goes to being a point guard. You know, yeah. number leadership. one thing, number one thing yeah. you need to go. Yeah. Leadership playing. playing. Playing, actually playing. <laughs> um, on top of those, I was going to say passing the ball. I think that's a huge skill. Um, How is like true. shooting a three-pointer at over a 40 clip every year not skill? Like what defines skill? Yeah, that's he's basically right. talking about yeah. ball handling, I feel well, like, but he didn't say that. Yeah, I think he's like, yeah. as a talent, you know, Kyrie's obviously up there as an all-time great. I just think that with what's going on right now, as far as, you know, him not being on the court, that plays a huge part into, you know, his legacy. But actually being an actual skill player hasn't been a great passer throughout his career. I don't think he makes his teammates that much better. Um, you know, Agreed. just like guys like LeBron do are now, you know, what we've been talking about lately, John Morant makes his teammates so much better guys like that. Yeah. Um, so, and then he's not a great defender either. So when we talk mm-hmm. about skilled, I think Chauncey was referring to ball handling, you know, he's a great shooter, but he's not one of the best shooters of all time. I don't think. And then just being able to finish at the rim for his size. So I, I care where he's coming from, but I don't agree. Yeah, I mean, is he the best ball handler? Like, I mean, maybe. I think the only other guy that comes to mind is Allen Iverson. Um, he you know, the reason. Pistol don't name a white boy. Don't name a white boy in this conversation. <laughs> um, I mean, Allen Iverson, I think, changed the game. So, you know, I think you got to cut him some slack there. Um, I'd, I'd still probably take Kyrie Irving as the best ball handler. He's the best conspiracy theorist also in the NBA um he's definitely not the best point guard ever like like we just stated he's a terrible leader um not not a, even a, a great effective passer of the basketball I don't even think he's um, top 10 well we'll have to go down that road um again I don't know many of these guys off the top of my head um is he the most skilled sure like you, you could give that to him but like usually when you say oh, a guy is the most skilled at something, and you emphasize the word skilled, that means, like, they just have a lot of, you know, stuff that they could be doing and a lot of more, you know, tangibles that they could be adding to their game to be more effective. It's almost like saying he's the most talented. Um, you, don't, you don't really want that as a player to be labeled that. Um, but you know, obviously we're not surprised given his ego, his, his personality. Um, so by the way, I love John C. Billups. The guy was a gangster. Finals MVP. Wow. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're ready to move on to the next topic. I I kind of spoke on (laughs) Oh, my bad. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Can we just say, like, who would you say is the most skilled point guard of all time if it's not him? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always, like, you know, I'd have to go back. It's, like, hard because basing, like, how skilled someone is, you kind of have to watch on, like, an everyday basis and, like, really take it in. Um, so, like, I see how good Kyrie is. I mean, I know that, like, AI is probably the next guy in comparison you'd say Allen Iverson has as much skill but I feel like skill like Ollie was saying it's being just broken down too simply like he's I feel like he's talking about ball handling like getting to the rim Kyrie does circus moves but I don't know I mean 
it's skillful that Curry can like shoot from the logo. So yeah, I don't. I just yeah. I mean, overall, right, we'll finish um, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say Magic, just because I think he's the greatest passer of all time. Um, you know, good defender, Showtime. Um, made his team so much better. Is one of those kind of players. So I'm I'm gonna go with Magic. I like that. All right, so last talk of the night is, you know, might be a quick one here, but um, best international player besides Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I'll go. So I would have said Luca at the beginning of the year. Um, I'd still love Luca. Like, I think he's going to be a top five player for years to come. But uh, I'm just, like, totally jumping on the Jokic train these days because, you know, he won MVP, and now I'm starting to feel like this guy – is just underrated in a way, like not to like NBA analysts, like they know how good he is. We know how good he is and stuff, but he doesn't really get all the clout. Like people, I feel like don't fully believe in him, but the stats he's putting up are just like insanity. And I think he's kind of redefining the center role and that like, I really don't know if centers could carry teams five years ago, but his like passing, and just overall game, I feel like he's kind of really capable of leading that team. Uh, so I'd take him and then Luca right after that. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go with Asante Aldama from the Memphis Grizzlies, who came from Loyola say University. What? Uh, <laughs> Wait, no, say his name again? Santi Aldama. I just had to give my boy a shout out. Um, no, but seriously, I, I was hoping Justin would take Luca, so you know we could all have different teams. But I got to go or different players. I'm gonna go with uh, Jokic. Also, I think that just how he's been able to keep his team relevant, even without Michael Porter Jr. Now, without Murray, uh, you know he's putting up 26 and 14, which is crazy. Uh, he's become the point center, which, like Justin said, I don't think you could do a couple of years ago. So I think now he's just kind of taken the league by storm as a, as a top five player. And I feel like he's just, you know, up there and he's he may not be as dominant as the guy. I think all he's going to choose. But I think just because he makes his team so much better, that's why he's got to be the best player uh, who's foreign right now. Yes, um, I, I think you, you know where I'm going with this one, um, and it's Mr. Boban Marjanovic. Boban, oh. <laughs> my man. He is by far the best international player over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he's probably the sexiest player alive, so that plays a, a large role in my mind. No, seriously, you guys know who I was going to go with, Joel Embiid, Showtime. Um dominant every single night violent slams in the basket i mean i saw this man live on friday night he was showtime slamming that ball so listen i i, I don't think i i think mb Jokic, Doncic, they're right together Doncic is probably going to be the best out of all three of them long term in my opinion um one might even say Doncic is perhaps a little overrated by some people i think um hmm. but We'll see. Maybe we could talk about that on the next step. But this has been another Trey podcast, episode six. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.